Welcome to the Wasatch Report. This is episode 74. I'm Suzanne Sherman. Jeff Johnson is here with me today. Are you into physical fitness? If so, an NBC commentator says you might be a white supremacist and or a neo-Nazi. You're not going to want to miss this show before we get rolling. Everything you need to do now to find us is on my website, SuzanneCSherman.com. You will get to the landing page. We'll take you directly to both of my shows, the Wasatch Report radio show, as well as the Red Hot Chili Prepper podcast. If you're not familiar with that show and want to learn about preparedness and self-reliance, and boy, howdy, now is the time to do so. Hop on over again to the landing page and it'll take you right over to our Anchor pages from which you can also support our shows on Anchor or you can donate. Again, there's a donate button on our homepage. You will also find links to my books, Federalism, How Decentralization Can Save America, as well as my new book, part of the Red Hot Chili Prepper Survival Series, Food Preservation Strategies. I do have the companion book, the follow-up, in the works, and that's going to show some uh, recipes that you can make some really great stuff from your food self-reliance pantry. And the Lost Frontier Handbook is available in the printed format, Learn the Ways of the Pioneers. It is your ultimate guide to self-reliance. So please check out that website. Again, we also have Amazon affiliate links for suggested books, products, and if you're interested in learning how to freeze dry foods, mine's going in the background, hopefully you can't hear it, but I have a link for Harvest Right Freeze Dryers, an affiliate link with them. And if you do purchase one through me, I will help you get set up and give you a lot of tips and suggestions. How are you today, Jeff? I'm doing really well. Uh, it's really interesting that uh, winter has reappeared here in Pennsylvania, and we're back down into the very low temperatures. It was down near 10 degrees last night, and it's uh, not very warm out today. Sam, we're getting little snow flurries. Outside that, doing great. We had a little bit of snow last week, and then we're expecting some rain right now. And I got to say that slap in the face that we get out here when it's really cold has gone. Just like when you start to get to autumn and you feel that first bit of cold, you, it's just a different feeling in the air. I think we all know what that is, but I'm starting to feel that for spring. It's really nice. Something interesting today, too, very unusual for this time of the year is there was a, a small herd of elk, about 14 of them, a couple spike bulls and some cows in the field directly across my fence. The red-tailed hawks have come in now. The bald eagles are starting to go away. Songbirds are coming back. So it's going to be time to uh, keep these bird feeders filled up again. I don't know if I'm going to be able to afford it this year, but I guess I'll have to cut back on my own food to keep the birds happy because that's my streaming That's my streaming music uh, set up there. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of belt tightening in the next few months as we, uh, we all have to uh, make choices on what's a priority and uh, bird feed. As much fun as it is, it may not be a high priority in the near future. I think I'll cut some other things out so I can keep them fed. And then I got to feed the hummingbirds too. But anyway, that's kind of taken us on more into the country style kind of living. That's kind of the stuff we talk about on the Red Hot Chili Prepper as well as, uh, again, my latest book, Food Survival Strategies. If you have not gotten into preparing a your food storage. Uh, Joe Biden said the other day that America better get ready because there are going to be food shortages. Uh, Eastern Europe, uh, Ukraine and Russia provide, I think it's 40% of the world's wheat supply. I bought a big 30 pound sack of flour yesterday, Jeff, and some other things. I'm freeze drying some mangoes and strawberries, but I want to follow up. One of the, one of the changes quite a few people made during 
the lockdowns and other incidents, you know, in 2020, 2021, going into 2022s, a lot of people stopped going to the gyms and they also stopped because the gyms were closed. Not only that, Jeff, a lot of places in, in California in particular, you couldn't even exercise outdoors. Maybe you were allowed to go for a walk, but I saw people that were, would stop and rest in a park and a police officer would come up to them and tell them they weren't allowed to sit in the grass. You had to keep moving. So who can blame people for saying, you know what, heck with this, I'm going to get my own home gym. Okay, fair enough. People are doing what they can to do that, right? Well, I just came across an article, I swear. The media, I, I don't know what motivates them and where they come up with this stuff. But here is an article. This is from MSNBC. And this is from uh, one of their opinion columnists. And she's saying here, it appears the far right has taken advantage of pandemic at-home fitness trends to expand its decades-plus radicalization of physical mixed martial arts, otherwise known as MMA, and combat sports spaces. Jeff, if you watch boxing or MMA, you don't see a lot of white supremacists out there. It is a very inclusive, diverse group of people in this. But she's saying here that earlier this month, researchers reported that a network of online, here's a new one, fascist fitness chat groups on encrypted platform Telegram are recruiting and radicalizing young men with neo-Nazi and white supremacist extremist ideologies initially lured with health tips, health tips, I should say, and strategies for positive physical changes. New recruits are later invented to closed chat groups where far-right content is shared. Jeff, it sounds to me like she's saying home fitness is a gateway activity to white supremacy and neo-fascism. You know, what's really funny about this, <laughs> I, we're, I think um, that article that you have uh, for later in the show or for the next show about uh, Ukraine and the neo-Nazis, it seems really interesting that on one hand, they're encouraging neo-Nazis to be all over Facebook because they're Ukrainians. But on the other hand, uh, if you actually dare to want to become healthy and uh, be uh, be fit and work out and have, so you can be healthy and productive, uh, you're a fascist and a neo-Nazi because you want to be healthy. I, well, I don't only, get it all. You're, you're literally Hitler. Physical fitness has always been central to the far right. Now, I go to a boxing gym and we've got pro MMA coaches here. If anything, most of them are hardcore leftists. But we've all said, we leave all of that behind and we live our lives, we get fit. Our focus is fitness and being healthy. She says, in Mein Kampf, Hitler fixated on boxing and jujitsu, believing they could help him create an army of millions whose aggressive spirit and impeccably trained bodies, combined with a fanatical love of the fatherland, would do more for the German nation than any of the mediocre tactical weapons training. How do they make this connection? I don't know. But, you know, I just had a thought. This whole right-left thing is meaningless because, you know what, I find I just had an epiphany on it. You know what right-left actually is? It's a big circle. It because really is. Because all you're doing, you're, you're running from left to right, and it's just a circle because they're saying that far right is fascist or 
what were the fascists? They were socialists. What's far left? They're socialists. It's just a big circle. It doesn't matter if you're right or left. They're just all tying around to being socialist. And you know what? They're right. The far, the right and the left in this country are socialists. You got the conservatives that are conserving their brand of Marxism. You got the leftists that are trying to push their brand of Marxism. It's all Marxism. It doesn't really matter. But here we are. They're talking about if you want to become fit, you're a Marxist. Well, what the heck? So you already said it, and I'm, I hate to steal your thunder, but you're right that they're actually going to try to shame us into being unhealthy. Yeah, absolutely. And I I have to find this. It was on YouTube a while back. I saw this where they didn't compare the right-left paradigm with, you know, Democrat and Republican, Republican on the right, so-called conservatives, and then the left is on the far left of the spectrum. But what they did was the spectrum going from left to right went from on the far left fascist regimes and on the far right is anarchy. So it went from harsh, central, authoritarian control to no control at all. And then somewhere towards the right of the center, they had our constitutional republic in there, meaning that we are limited in nature in our form of government, so to speak. And and ideally, yeah, go ahead. And that whole, that far right thing with anarchy is a complete farce. It's a farce because anarchists aren't out for no control. They're out for no master. So we just don't, because you and I, I think we both agree that we're pretty much anarchists. And we believe that we just don't want a master. We don't want somebody ruling our lives. And what do you do when you vote? You're just voting for your next slave master, is that's all you're doing. And I don't want a master. I want to have freedom. And anarchy is the actual epitome of freedom because what it is, what anarchists believe is non-aggression and that everyone else can live their lives as they see fit. And as long as they're not impeding somebody else's liberty and freedom and natural rights, you can do whatever, you know, just live your life without being under somebody's control. So they they misuse that word again. What they are is a far right. I have no idea what a far right is because everything's meaningless today. I mean, everything has just been so diluted that nothing actually means anything. Yeah, and each side wants their own version of totalitarian. It's just what meets their sensibilities and what they find acceptable. But this is what's interesting, too. She's saying here in more modern times, far right groups have launched MMA and boxing gyms in Ukraine, Canada and France, among other places, focused on training far right nationalists in violent hand to hand combat and street fighting techniques. This has all been around. This is some of these are ancient arts. But all of a sudden now, because these are people that are skilled in taking care of themselves, Clearly, you have to be uh, alt-right, far-right, neo-Nazi. She said this has caught the attention of intelligence authorities. Oh, check this out, Jeff. So now you buy these Pelotons and whatever else these home training uh, gizmos are. They're all connected to the Internet. You think you're working out in the, in the privacy of your own home. Well, guess what? You've caught the attention of intelligence authorities. Do you think it's a... a big stretch of the imagination to think that perhaps somebody is watching you in what you think is a moment of privacy. Because again, they give you feedback. I guess there's some sort of biometric based on your movement to correct you on your technique. 
So they're watching this. I think also when the Xbox came out, there was some controversy because it was so detailed. Uh, it was almost like a TSA checkpoint where it was almost like X-ray. I had X-ray powers. I remember something like that, but I wouldn't have one of those either. But what she's also saying is a series of collaborative efforts between governments, national sports associations, local gyms in places such as Germany, Poland, and the UK have introduced intervention and prevention programs. Now, taking this to the US, she says it's comparatively far behind, which will only become more and more problematic since the phenomenon is growing in the country, building on the established fight culture of MMA far-right extremists. The leader of a Maryland skinhead group once ran a gym to recruit and train white supremacists and mixed martial arts. Now, I used to practice criminal defense. One time I went in to see a client in San Benito County Jail, and they had a, I forgot which, which, um, gang it was. I, it might have been Norteño, uh, one of the Mexican gangs. And it had all, all the white dudes and all the others were just lying in their, in their bunks, just chilling in the pod. And it had these groups. They were training. They were doing military style calisthenics and exercises, but you don't see any, any critique for anybody else, other kind of gangs doing this kind of activity. If you are into physical fitness, if you are the type of person that, I don't know, perhaps is able to avoid a lot of the draconian measurements and prescribed medical procedures because you take care of your body, they're going to shame you. So you cannot shame somebody for being, I don't know, having one of the comorbidities that leads to the death in the pandemic. One of the things they hid was many of these people had heart issues, pre-existing conditions. One one kid in California was actually a septic. He had a severe blood infection, but he also had tested positive and they said it was a COVID death. So this is just crazy. So now let's shame the people who have been resilient against the extreme measures of government and turn the tables and call the people taking themselves and their own health seriously and being responsible and call them neo-Nazis. I had posted on social media because of my uh, now learning Muay Thai and American boxing. Am I going to be considered and written off as a right wing extremist and banned from social media? They hate people that can take care of themselves. They hate people that aren't going to come running and crying to the government if they need protection because we're capable of protecting ourselves. So it's gone from hating gun owners to now hating fitness enthusiasts. It's interesting we've come to this point where that anyone that is self-reliant or anyone that wants to be physically sound and not being sickly is being looked down on. Why? Because they can't have us being rugged individuals anymore. Look what's happened to men in our society. Men have become the skinny pants wearing, the hair in a bun, milk toast pansies anymore. I hate to say it that way, but that's what we've come down to. We have we don't have real men. We don't have rugged individuals. We don't have the Marlboro man anymore. That guy that has the chaps on and the cowboy hat and that is self-sufficient and ready to go out and just have a hard day's work. No, we have these people that are incapable of doing anything to defend themselves or defend their families. And that's what they want. They want people that are 
compliant little slaves. And you know what? They've won. There's very few real men out there or real women, uh, as in, you know, we talked about the one that was hung because uh, she refused to be have her land stolen from her. Like, what was that in Wyoming or something like that? Oh, yeah. Kate. Cattle Kate was her nickname. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yep. So that's where we are now. They they they're shaming people into becoming less and less capable of defending themselves or being or being manly men or strong women. So here what they're tying in here, they're saying the intersection of extremism and fitness leans into a shared obsession with the male body, training, masculinity, testosterone, strength and competition. They're completely ignoring the fact that women in MMA have never been more popular. In fact, if you look on the UFC fight nights now, they're getting they're getting women on the main card. They just had one on there uh, that were the main event. I mean, this is just crazy. They're, and how disrespectful this is to women to completely ignore their participation and success in this sport. She also continues by saying physical fitness training, especially in combat sports, appeals to the far right for many reasons. Fighters are trained to accept physical pain, to be warriors, and to embrace messaging around solidarity, heroism, and brotherhood. Well, what's what's wrong with forming a community and being self-reliant and, again, being resilient? So exactly when they talk about people that are um, can't accept any physical pain or even being frightened in the least. Here's an example. I remember some years back, there was a 3.0 earthquake in Beverly Hills. The 911 system was overtaxed. It just shut down over a minor earthquake that caused zero damage. People have been cowed into just being terrified of everything. And anybody that is physically fit that maybe isn't covering their face, that takes care of themselves, are going to be called neo-Nazis, white supremacists. However, if we criticize the people who have comorbidities such as obesity and say, hey, this is the number one comorbidity, cardiac um, disease is the number one cause of death, maybe we should have a simpler lifestyle or a more healthy lifestyle. Oh, you're fat shaming these people. How dare you? Well, you're just calling it as it is. Take better care of yourself. Obesity and diabetes is an, is, is a major cause of death. Look at what's on TV now. I don't know if you, if you have Discovery Plus and stuff, but they have all these shows now. My 800 pound life. Yeah. They have these, these shows. I, I can't, I don't remember the name of it. Uh, it's big women or something like that. And oh, there's there are all these, these two twins. They're like the thousand well, pound twins or something right, like that. Right. Yeah, this is another show. It's like okay. big women, and there's like eight or ten pic ladies on this on yeah. the picture and the uh, for the show, and they're all massively overweight. They're all morbidly obese, and so all of a sudden now we have all these shows that are, in a sense, glorifying. Being so obese, you're you're basically unable to do anything for yourself. You're basically at the point where you're just a ward of the state. It's crazy. We've lost that rugged individualism. We've lost that wanting to be healthy and taking care of ourselves and our families. It, it's just become absolutely insanity. 
Well, here's the other thing, too, of one side not being able to tolerate what they give to the other. Just in the other show, uh, what was it? <clears throat> I think in 72 or 73, we were talking about the Salt Lake Spittoon out here in Utah, Salt Lake City, calling for the National Guard to prevent people who have not been vaccinated from even leaving their homes. Using the use of potentially lethal force to keep people who... I don't know, are, are taking care of themselves, physical fitness, you can be a runner, you can be anything, but for some reason, it is not okay to be into combat training. And this stuff has been around forever, but now they're tying it even into January 6th Capitol. Uh, riot is the term they use for riot. But here's what she's saying now. The neo-Nazi blogger advised followers that fat people should be required to commit to losing weight if they are to stay involved with groups or in-person gathering, noting that continued obesity should not be tolerated. Here's a crazy idea. How about tolerate the differences on both sides? We're going to take a quick break for Anchor FM and then wrap up this issue and start in with uh, some local news out here in Utah. We'll be right back. Walk away Pretending things will be okay to the Wasatch Report. I'm Suzanne Sherman. Jeff Johnson and I are a little bit fired up today. I just cannot believe what a mockery the media is making of itself. Now tying in combat sports such as MMA and, you know, this brings into uh, boxing, taekwondo, stuff that I, my boys have black belts in taekwondo. I'm learning Muay Thai kickboxing. I've been boxing for three years. And they're tying this in with a form of extremism, neo-Nazism, white supremacy, and then complain about uh, somebody that was advising his followers that fat people should be required to commit to losing weight. Well, here's one thing, you know, and this isn't fat shaming. I encourage people to get in shape and to be physically fit, not because of a virus or anything else, but as we've been talking about as the government takes over the healthcare system, and we see this more and more, Look to the countries in Europe where now they have rationing and extremely long wait lists to be seen. I've been telling people, don't be obese, get in shape, get this extra fat off your body, not because of how you're going to look, but because as healthcare gets more and more difficult and expensive to obtain, you want to put money in the good health bank account by being as strong and resilient as you can be. 
Plus, I tell you what, if things get really bad, these people that are in good shape are the ones that you're going to be calling for for help when things get really scary. I don't understand uh, the hatred towards this other than the fact that they absolutely cannot tolerate people that are going out without their required face coverings. You could be in good shape walking around out there and get criticized like I was for two years. Two years, people who don't even know me harassing me. One time I was at a restaurant in Reno and I had to go use the bathroom. I could wash my hands before I ate. Guess what? I washed my hands. I practiced good health practices. And this woman who was clearly out of shape, very unhealthy, walking around with one of those huge sodas in the casino, tells me to put a mask on. Who do you think is more likely to spread a disease? And this isn't a problem because these people are obese or out of shape. It's because when you are unhealthy, you are more susceptible to disease. They are the ones more likely to catch it and more likely to spread it. So again, they're controlling the narrative with this kind of hateful language. And again, we've seen extremes on both sides, but to try and pick it apart. Am I a little biased because I really like these sports? Possibly, but it doesn't take the fact that this is absolutely ridiculous. They even use this, uh, the term fascist fitness, fascist fitness. This is absolutely insane. Well, I'm just going to just reiterate what you said. It really is time for you to take control of your life, get fit. You know, there was a time when I was nearly 300 pounds. Now I'm in the 220s. I mean, I lost a lot of weight. I'm a lot more healthy. You know, I'm still getting older every day. Things I can change because I'm because of age. But there is things I can control. I can control my weight. I can control uh, how, my exercise routines. I can make myself as healthy as I can possibly be. And in the end, it's to my benefit. It has nothing to do with making other people happy. It has to do with making myself more fit, more capable of taking care of myself. And in these times where that are ahead, looking at inflation, looking at Joe Biden saying that there's going to be food shortages, it's fitness is going to become very important because you're going to need to be fit enough where, you know what, some of these people that are highly obese uh, consume way too many calories per day. Just honestly speaking, they're consuming thousands of calories every day. And when they could be down around 2000 calories a day, and what's that going to do? That's going to extend their ability to feed themselves longer because they're not using the resources they have so quickly that they will be able to extend out and make them keep themselves healthy for a longer period of time. So that's really all I have really to say about that. And we kind of touched into the uh, prepping world a little bit there with that statement. But you know what? You can't get away from it because of what is happening in, in our society and around the world right now. Yeah. And never once have I ever thought as I am learning, you know, these these martial arts forms, did I ever attach any kind of political language to this? And it's just just kind of crazy to me. Um, the other thing I was thinking about, we've been talking about digital programmable currency, about the geo tracking and how they're following you wherever you go. Let's say you have your social credit scores and your programmable currency, and you can no longer use that to go to your MMA studio. You can no longer use it to buy MMA training equipment. You can't get gloves. You can't get mitts. 
you can't get this equipment now because the banks and this SWIFT system and everything else that they put together is going to stop you from getting that. Just think about this, Suzanne. You were just locked out of Facebook the other day because of their new whatever it is. You had to do what? You had to download an app. Who's not to say that they're not tracking that you're going to the gym for boxing? Who's not to say they're not tracking everything you do now with this new app that you put on there? And what are they going to do? They're, oh, you're going to this fascist uh, gym. You are now cut off from Facebook. You're now cut off from other things. You're now cut off from your finances. Who's to say that that app isn't there to do that? I, I don't know. I can't say that it isn't. And, you know, this is they always start with the low hanging fruit. As we know, combat sports, boxing, MMA is growing in popularity and boxing is making a comeback, especially with all these boxing gyms and a lot of women in particular are getting involved. And again, it's easy to say, though, still, it's not a sport like football or baseball that a lot of people are really into, basketball that are insanely popular. So it's easy to pick off things like this right now, because, again, nobody's really going to stand up in defense for them. But here's the difference between what you're saying and what they're doing. You're going to the gym and you're boxing. Those football fans, those baseball fans, those basketball fans, what are they doing? Sedentary. They're sitting right on their couch watching the sports. They're not out doing anything. They're just sitting there getting more obese every day because they're sitting on their couch. They're not doing anything. Oh, and no, you know, football fans. Well, you know so what else what? they're doing? when they're sitting there watching these games. And I'm not saying that people that watch these sports at home on TV don't exercise. I'm not saying that. But what's the benefit also for these people that sit and watch these sports and don't participate? Oh, I know. They're going to see a ton of ad for pharmaceutical companies when they watch these events, too. So it's really easy. Remember when when Alex Jones was first canceled and taken off of Facebook and and uh, these platforms, everybody says, oh, it's Alex Jones. But now we're seeing a censorship on a massive scale. We're going to take a break for our friends, Roxanne. If you want to hear some fantastic music, listen to our bumper music. We're going to tell you how to get it yourself. They poisoned your mind and left you behind. I told you the tables would turn. Now don't look to me. For sympathy, cause baby, that bridge has been burned. Don't try to explain the dead and the pain. Like always, your words are just hollow. I'm done with it all. You make my skin crawl. The truth is, a hard pill to Music for this program has been brought to you by Roxanne, courtesy of Rat Pack Records. Radio Silence is the album and is available on Amazon, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, RatPackRecordsAmerica.com, and RoxanneBand.com. Welcome back to the Wasatch Report. I'm Suzanne Sherman, Jeff Johnson. We've been talking about the accusation from an MSNBC columnist 
saying that people that are getting into MMA and boxing, other forms of martial arts are considered to be fascist, extremists, neo-Nazis. Not that they're saying all of them, but they're saying that there is a trend that focuses on domestic terrorism. They're slinging around terms such as fascist fitness. Right now, it might seem like I'm overreacting, but also I was accused of overreacting when we were starting that 15 days to flatten the curve nonsense. So if I seem a little reactionary right now, can we please pay attention to history as well? I want to also touch on a little bit of sports and some local events out here in Utah. We had a, the Utah lawmakers ended up banning transgender participation in uh, sports out here. This was going to ban transgender girls participation in sports. And the state house and Senate each gathered the necessary two thirds of the votes to override our governor's veto. So they passed a ban and uh, Cox vetoed it. He wrote a letter saying that there were some fundamental flaws he considered when he vetoed the bill. And I can see his point here. He had said that the bill at the beginning, when it was before it was passed to him to be signed on his desk, he said that there was going to be apparently a commission that was going to look into the totalitarian of the circumstances. Who is this individual that wishes to participate in school sports? Is this more than somebody that just wishes to be successful, as we've seen in the news? I have no dog in this game. I really don't have a position on one side or the other, but I will share my view of this. So what apparently what happened is HB 11 initially allowed trans participation in girls sports and proposed that there would be a commission to decide if there is a threat to safety or fairness against girls, I'm not using the term cisgender, I'm sorry, I'm not playing that game, in girls uh, in these competitions. And we have seen right now where they had a substantially larger male dominate the women's swimming group. We're going to see this in track and field events, running, that sort of thing. And I asked, I'm not going to drag this person into it, but I asked a professional female boxer how she felt if she would have to fight a man. And this woman's extremely liberal. And I said, would you fight a man who was a transgender woman? She said, absolutely not. I don't want to get clobbered. She knew she would get hurt. These guys will go right through her. So on the last day of the session here, there was a substitute of the bill. And again, I have to blame the legislature for making a last minute change. I think that that breaks all principles of fundamental fairness here. But the substitute bill introduced uh, to implement an all-out ban on transgenders women uh, participation in the sports, and the commission would only come into play if a court prohibited the ban. They're saying it is important to note that a complete ban was never discussed, never contemplated, never debated, and never received any public input prior to the legislature passing the bill on the 45th and the final night of the session, according to our governor, Spencer Cox. Jeff, I got to agree with him on that. I think shame on them for fundamentally changing the nature of the bill after it had been open to public discussion. Well, it just proves that, again, your book is right, how federalism can save America. You know, it comes down to the fact that what we've said over and over again, that they aren't there to protect our values or our wishes. So people offer their input into this in hearings. 
And what do they do after it's all settled? They wait till everyone's gone home and then they change the bill, pass it, and it, the session ends and it goes to the governor. And so you know, it doesn't really make any difference what your input is. They're going to do whatever the heck they want anyway. Right. And when they're talking about bringing this into the court system, since you did mention federalism, yes, we're talking about a state issue right now. But you know they're going to start filing lawsuits in federal courts, and eventually this is going to go to the black robe messiahs in Washington, D.C. And I'm going to share some commentary on that one also. And he also warned of gout school districts would be liable for any lawsuits to come from the ban. Let me correct that. School districts will not be liable. The taxpayers will be liable. And this is the problem with conservatives conserving their preferred flavor of socialism, which is the public school system. Why do we have to, okay, let's say, let's, let's just have a given. We have our socialist public schools. We know that. Okay. Stop with the athletics. That's something that does not have to be funded by taxpayer money. I remember when I was uh, between sixth and seventh grade, I played in a softball league that summer. You know who paid for it? My parents did. It was private privatize athletic events, get the government out of it, get the education system out of it, and let these kids participate in the a league that doesn't involve the government. Does that right. mean there will be uh, discrimination everywhere? I don't have I don't have a solution for that. Clearly though, there are kids that have medical issues that do make this stuff a little bit, you know, that's not all black and white. So, you know, we, we need to, but these cases are so far and, and few and in between, it doesn't justify the kind of drama that we're seeing over this. This is all political theater. And here's the, the end of this all is the fact that, that you don't need the school district involved in these uh, sports. I mean, quite honestly, we don't need the school district, period. We could just get rid of it and ha go back to homeschooling. And in the area where you live, all the people, all the homeschoolers could all band together, have a sports system where they could have boosters that pay for it all. And they can have the equipment and the fields and everything they need to have these sports outside of some school district enforcing their brand of values on the whole sports industry there. I mean, it doesn't really matter. We could get it all out of the all out of this uh, centralized system and into a decentralized system, which is what we really want. And it still could function. We don't need government. Well, and here's, here's an example of where we just are running on pure emotion and hyperbole. Cox has said four kids. We're talking four kids now that apparently brought or, or why this whole thing has come about. Four kids who are just trying to find some friends and feel like they are a part of something. Four kids trying to get through each day. I'm not mocking their circumstances here, but I am saying that participating in these sports to the detriment of the girls that are legitimately trying to gain their space, this has nothing to do with them finding friends. Most of these kids, they're not being discriminated against or in, are treated with intolerance. What have we heard for the last two years? We've heard trust the science. Well, what's the science in this whole thing? Is, is there biology or is there not biology? If there's no biology, then it, nothing matters. Just let everyone do then whatever. Why, okay, fine. Then, then, do whatever then you want. Repeal Title IX. 
repeal Title IX because it's either relevant or it isn't. And then he says, rarely has so much fear and anger been directed at so few. I don't understand what they are going through or why they feel the way they do, but I want them to live. Literally, they are going to die if they don't compete against the weaker sex. Here's the other thing in this. These four kids are living in a, in a delusion that they are something that they are biologically not. And I'm, I hate to be the one to come up with this, but they're biologically, they are not what they want to be. And that's too bad. But that doesn't mean that they have to have government force their will on somebody else so that they can compete unfairly against a, the someone that is actually living their lives in, with a good mental health. So I, I don't get this whole thing. It doesn't really matter. And Con uh, Spencer Cox sounds like he's just as liberal as all the Democrats out there. Is he a Republican or a Democrat? I thought he was a Republican. Is he? He's a Republican. And I will okay, say this Okay, so he him. sounds just like the Democrats. Oh, let's feel bad for these these four kids better living Look, in a delusion. Yeah. And, you know, and it's nothing against these kids. The anger and the fear is not directed at the kids. And that's what people don't understand. The anger is directed at the government and the media who is constantly changing the the narrative. Science either matters or it doesn't. Which is it? You can't pick and choose. Well, science matters here, but it doesn't matter here. Because clearly, gosh, this sounds so crass, but, you know, I saw the pictures of that swimmer in the bathing suit. That was not a kid that was lacking in anything, you know, that would make him think, gee, I might be a woman. You know, that doesn't apply to this guy. I wish him the best. I'm sorry he wasn't a spectacular swimmer, you know, in his field of his peers. But again, what about the girls that have worked their entire lives to achieve this and that have gotten up, uh, you know, and trained before school who are cheated out of these titles? Why do these titles matter? Because they're taxpayer funded. We have NCAA, we have Title IX funding NCAA. This all leads to the Olympics. This can literally make or break your career. Well, where is the National Organization of Women? They have thrown these girls under the bus. Nobody's defending them. You can train all your life for something knowing you cannot compete on an even playing field. And there are sports where you can compete on an even, even playing field. I've done them. I used to compete in equestrian events. You can compete. I know a lot of gals out there competing successfully in motorsports events out here at Utah Motorsports Campus. You know, there are ways that you can do this. But there is there is no denying that some men are simply stronger than some women. I was watching a, a show where they had uh, MMA, tying back to MMA. They had a show where they were all training. And these women that were training also were working with the heavyweights. And one of them said, this is so great for our training because we can hit these heavyweights as hard as we want and we can't hurt them. That alone sums it up. There are some ways that women simply cannot compete. Women are either worthy of protection or they are not. And I want to wrap up with some commentary about Supreme Court Justice uh, nominee Katanji Brown Jackson. The other day, I made some commentary about her sentencing in a sexual case. It was a um, child pornography case. Again, that's on another episode. But what I didn't bring up in there was her commentary 
when she was asked if she could define what a woman is. And her answer was no, because I'm not a biologist. What a flippant, disrespectful non-answer. Okay, you don't have to be a, a biologist. You can even say, well, that depends on how a person identifies. She could do something else the, rather than essentially put their, her middle finger up and say, I'm not going to answer this. And what did the feckless GOP did, do? They let it stand. What they should have said, I would give anything to be one of these people questioning. I would say, Ms. Brown-Jackson, do you consider yourself a woman? If so, why? If not, why? And by the way, if you don't and you don't feel that you qualify to make a judgment on behalf of your own gender, I want to remind you that President Biden specifically said he was going to fill this position with a black woman. He didn't say a black it or they or them or whatever. He said a black woman. So now with this recent revelation, would you consider it appropriate to withdraw yourself from consideration because Biden specifically wants a black woman and by your own definition, you don't qualify, but they don't do that. And nobody should be surprised that this has happened because it wasn't that long ago we had a sitting president of the United States who claimed not to know the definition of the word sex. And again, what did the feckless investigators questioning him do? Boom. Well, you got me there. What they should have said, again, put me in, coach. Well, let me put it to you this way, Mr. President. Let's say you and Monica were doing what you were doing and uh, Hillary or maybe Chelsea walked into the room at that time. Would that have been considered behavior you would be comfortable with them witnessing or Hillary may have taken exception to? But they just let these comments hang, no pun intended. And this is why they get away with it, because there is nobody intelligent enough or ballsy enough, no pun intended again, uh, to, to really hold these people's feet to the fire. They control the narrative. They pick and choose the labels that they want to, that they want to use and send our way. But God help us if we try and say, Hey, we're just trying to stay physically fit. This has nothing to do with politics. Jeff and I have been a little fired up about, <laughs> about this stuff here today, folks. Jeff, do you have anything to say before we, uh, wrap up this show and let our listeners calm down? No, I think I better just let my blood pressure go back down to normal and we'll just uh, move on to another show another day. Yeah, you know, once again, our, our anger is really directed at the people that are that are just controlling a narrative and slinging around these horrific accusations and using, again, a form of collectivism and bringing in a whole group of people when it's really a, a, the you know, the misdeeds of probably a select few. Am I saying that there is no fanatic behavior in some of these chats? Of course, I'm not saying that. But remember, after 9-11 happened, there were a lot of people blaming Muslims as a community, as a whole. And they would say, well, you can't blame them all for the acts of a few. Well, why are you doing it now? And then they're perfectly happy to go after anybody that uh, is a, a gun owner if there's a shooting, it's everybody's fault. But you have your pet victim status here and your hierarchy. And again, we've seen what's happened to women. And if you're okay with this, it's going to get worse. And I, I understand. Just get rid of Title IX. It doesn't matter anymore. All right, everybody, I want to thank you for listening to the Wasatch Report. Have a great day.